the mic drop. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is your boy, Big Mike. I am your host. This is the Big Mike Drop. This is a very special Big Mike Drop. This is the Black History Month edition of the Big Mike Drop. First Black History Month. And today we're going to talk about the black future. And I think it's only right that we start out with a clip from Minister Malcolm X that's going to set the tone for this thing. I think you'll find, sir, that there will come time when black people wake up and become intellectually independent enough to think for themselves as other humans are intellectually independent enough to think for themselves then the black man will think like a black man and he will feel for other black people and this new thinking and feeling will cause black people to stick together and then at that point you'll have a situation where when you attack one black man you are attacking all black men and this type of black thinking will cause all black people to stick together and this type of thinking also will bring an end to the brutality inflicted upon black people by white people and it is the only thing that will bring an end to it no federal court state court or city court the might might so before i hit my first talking point i gotta put this little disclaimer out here we would agree that Malcolm X was a very stand-up man. We would believe that Malcolm X was a man of integrity. Malcolm X's brand is not tarnished in any shape, form, or fashion. No more than it was. Malcolm X is the only hero from our past that still holds the respect. So... I want to put that out there before I get into my first talking point because it's directly based off of what you just heard. And this is the black future. Sometimes we have to look back in history in order to find the answers. We have to reach back in our history to find the starting point. And right now, a lot of us are reaching back too far in the history and starting from there. Let's just really honestly say that Malcolm X, in my opinion, is the part of history that we need to reach back to, and that needs to be our starting point. Malcolm X embodied Marcus Garvey, W.E.B. Dubois. You know, these great black thinkers that came early in the 20th century, late 19th century. He studied men like them. Elijah Muhammad. That's where his history started. So why don't we reset our history back to the words of Malcolm X? Intellectually independent enough to think for oneself. He starts with, wake up. What does that really mean? What is intellectual independence? I know 
in my mind what I feel like intellectual independence is, but it's a, a lot of moving parts to becoming independent. I think we actually reached that point at the beginning of the hip hop era, which was directly traced back to Malcolm X, the black power movement. We have to break free of this system, but how do we do it? That's what today's show is about. This is all my opinion. Feel free to refute my opinion if you can. But I will tell you I am undefeated. Even if I lose, I win because I learn. So, you know, I welcome a little jousting every now and then. I think establishing intellectual independence starts first with establishing one's identity. And right now, I believe that's where we are as black American people. I'll talk about how other black people play into defining our blackness or not defining our blackness. But I think that's where we really need to start and that's what we really need to embrace. Because I don't, I don't foresee people automatically changing the way they treat us without some kind of consequence. We need to set the direction of our race for the future. I love history and I love studying history. But I love studying history for the purpose of knowing how things set up for the future. So let's fast forward our timeline up until 1950s, 1960s. And let's start basing our thought process and our thought patterns there. And let's stop basing our thought process and our thought patterns back when we were enslaved. People would love to tell you and sum you up based off of slavery. We didn't come from slavery. We just came through slavery. A very dark period. In which case we came out something new. Black Africans kidnapped from the continent of Africa and brought to the United States or brought to Americas, not even the United States, it was all over South America, Central America, North America. In every island in between. We've emerged as something new. Something undefined. It's up to us to define it. That's what Malcolm X is talking about. Becoming intellectually independent enough to think for ourselves and wake up. We all come from different cultures and subcultures. 
But it's one thing that identifies us and one thing that unites us. We need to determine what the definition of that one thing is. And that's my job. Or that's my goal. Be our own leaders. I'm talking about every individual. We keep waiting for a Messiah to come along. Perhaps that Messiah is come and gone. And it's on us to keep the mission going and to keep the message strong and to keep pushing into the future. The might 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 drop. drop. So what, what can a leader do for you that you can't do for yourself? And this is a, a good question right now in the 2020 election season because there's some decisions that we really have to make. And I keep hearing people say, anybody but Trump, anybody but Trump. But why are we in the habit of voting for people that we don't require anything out of but to just not be the other guy? That's a waste of a vote, too. If we're not requiring anything of our, you know, representation, then why are we voting for them? Why aren't they held to a standard? But ask yourself, really, what can a leader do for you that you cannot do for yourself? I get it, changing laws and, you know, local laws and whatnot and, you know, being involved in that part of politics. But it doesn't make any sense to me while we're just sitting around waiting on somebody to come and take us up out of here. You know, it's a lot of people popping up, a lot of people becoming popular, and it's a lot of stars and athletes and, you know, moguls. They're giving back to the community. And that's good. But if you expect them to lift us out of this situation that we're in, they're not. Because guess what? There's nothing you can really throw money at. This is a, a, a change of thought process. So we're going we're gonna to dig into that a little bit. And I really wish some of y'all would answer some of these questions. Like I said, my following is getting up, but um, I, I want some more engagement from y'all. To me, saying that we need leadership is basically assuming that we're all heading in the same direction. Or we all have the same goals. And it's generalizing. There's nothing further from the truth. Yeah, we need representation. But we need to become our own leaders. That's what this whole situation this last week was about. With Gail and Kobe Bryant and Snoop Dogg and Susan Rice and Oprah and whoever else is involved. 50 Cent. That's what this is about. It's a symptom of that. The underlying issue is us being in control of our own image. First of all, that's where you start. In order to become a leader, you have to be in control of your image. We're still letting the mainstream control the black image. And it's funny that things that we can't do, 
the mainstream can do. With impunity, we get punished for growing dreads. The mainstream gets praised for growing dreads. They're woke. We're thugs. We got to protect our image at all costs. And we got to uplift our image at all costs. That's how you take control of a situation. The very first thing the world sees is how I look. I have no control over how people see me. But I do have control over how I see myself and how I portray myself. The mic drop. We're witnessing almost at a record speed, almost in real time, the rewriting of our history and our heroes. So soon after they're gone or set up, locked up, I mean, it's almost within a 24, 48-hour period. That's what pissed everybody off about the Kobe Bryant situation with Gayle King and so many other white people who said stuff way before that. It's something that disturbs everybody. Almost like the Nipsey Hussle murder. It was something about watching another black man gun down another black man that was doing so much and trying to be so positive for the community. It it shook us to our core. Because it, it has deeper implications. How many people have we seen die? Death is a part of life. I'm talking about people in our families, our communities, friends. But it doesn't quite affect us like certain ones do. Nipsey, Nipsey's murder was a representation of our threat to ourselves. Kobe's death was basically an illustration of the outside threat to ourselves. And that's the black image and how it's portrayed. That's what I was saying about Malcolm X. You know, they just drug poor Martin Luther King through the mud, calling him a womanizer and everything else. You know, everybody has imperfections. But they're not calling out the imperfections of their heroes. Malcolm X is the only one that's untouched. They don't have anything on them. The message was pure. And I'm not talking about the religious message. I'm talking about the message for black folk. You know, I listen to a lot of talk radio. 
And um, I listen to, you know, some shows on the Urban View every day. And I'm not going to really mention the show's names because some things on the shows I don't agree with. And I'm not trying to start no beef with nobody in the industry, especially as an up-and-coming black media outlet myself. I definitely want to keep my network and not burn any bridges. So I'll be as respectable as possible. But this whole thing about vote, just vote, just vote, just vote. Look, man, black folks been voting for years. And ain't shit changed. It's more to it than just voting. I'm not saying don't vote, but we need to change how we vote. And I'm not talking about changing parties. I'm talking about what we require. Regardless of who the candidate is. Because they all need our vote. We're the swing. That's what we have to understand. We have to understand our power. It's things that black people specifically need. Where's our lobby? If we're waiting on somebody to create it, it's not going to happen. We need to lobby for ourselves. This is really inspiring me to do some things that I've never done some things that I'm I'm thinking outside the box on because I want to start a lobby in my town in the metro area in the state in the region in the entire country across the entire continent and across the western hemisphere as a whole that's the future. We're not just going to continue to go through the act of voting and voting and voting and, 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 and attending these meetings and those meetings and not being heard. We need to start policing ourselves. We need to start policing our communities. Because allowing our communities to decay to the level in which they've decayed while we're waiting on a government that's not going to do anything is what's leading to the number one issue in inner cities and that's gentrification being priced out of your own neighborhood and sent to the county where they don't have the services that the city has and you think things in the inner city are bad you should go to rural areas where they don't have access to things like that like that that you have in the city like transportation or proximity of, of businesses for goods and services. Or even an intact bureaucracy to distribute goods and services and welfare. Rural areas are the worst. And the crime is getting bad with the opioid epidemic. But guess what? If you look and do your research, most of those areas in those states that are dirt poor, they're controlled by Republicans. So there's something missing in the message. This ain't no Democratic campaign slogan either, because I got issues there too. But this is not as much about the politics as it is about us. We have to get state intervention 
out of our communities. We have to combat poverty in our own communities. And the only way we can do that is by those of us who have means to make sure the ones that don't have means are taken care of. It means giving back. And not just money. Time. There's so many issues that face our community that we got to get straightened out. The one we could do something about right now is the way we think. We have to view the world that we live in realistically, and we have to know how the world realistically views us. You know, I'm not saying segregate or separate because you really can't do that either. America does offer and afford certain opportunities for people to make a, a much better life for themselves and for their family and leave legacies. Actually acquire and build wealth. And we want in. We all need in. Get the damn criminal justice system together. Because the mass enslavement or re-enslavement of black people and brown people, the implications are real. We just are too busy watching entertainment and being entertained, I mean, to see it. The criminal justice system takes away more people than natural disasters and diseases put together. And it does not rehabilitate or re-educate. only thing it does is reintroduce the bondage. Especially the mind. Especially the mind. A lot of people aren't going to want to listen to this, and I get it. That's the same reason that people want Joe Biden to be the president, because everybody's so ready to go back to sleep. But I don't think it's going to be any more rest. We're already far enough behind. So it's time to work double time. Like my grandma and mom used to say, you got to work twice as hard as a black person to get the same distance. And I believe that. But don't be so focused on working for the money. Work for the better outcome. Money's part of it, but money isn't all of it. And that's one thing we got to get straight, like real quick. We have to put money in this place. Real quick. Because like I've said before on several other podcasts, we're at the intersection of capitalism and social justice for black people. They don't run hand in hand. You have to understand that. The mic might drop. drop.
personally a morning person i like to hit the hit the ground running kind of early every morning but a lot of people are not morning people a lot of people don't want to be awakened and the same applies to how we are in social situations we love to be comfortable we love to stay in our slumber and a lot of us scoff at the idea of wokeness and we definitely reject and ostracize the people who try to wake us up. I think about Louis Farrakhan and think about some of the things that Louis Farrakhan has said and some of the things I've been told about Louis Farrakhan over the years. Real interesting stuff. Uh, very interesting dynamic to Louis Farrakhan because he's very polarizing. You can't straddle the fence with him. And that's one thing about black people and being black in the United States is we can't really straddle the fence. But so many of us try to straddle the fence, which is why I feel like we get upset with those figures who try to wake us up and make us realize where we are, bring us back to reality. There's nothing more dangerous in this country than being a black person who does not understand his place or her place. And I'm not talking about a social place. I'm talking about a, a, a mental place. That's the determining factor. Is your mental space. And a lot of us don't want to be interrupted while we sleep. Which is why I think the concept of Donald Trump being president again in 2020 makes so many of us upset. We just got to get him out. We just got to get him out. It's really not about him. It's about us. Donald Trump talks shit about all types of people. But you notice those people come here and they do their damn thing and make something of their lives. Regardless of how much he tries to stop them, regardless of how much he puts ice on them, they come here, they work, they preserve their culture, they preserve their community, and they live their lives. And they eventually get their piece of the American dream. And guess who they step in front of? You got it right. You and I. We can't be afraid to face the facts and face the truth. It's in the Bible. The truth shall set you free. And I don't even really know if that's in the Bible. Everybody you know, kind of blames the Bibles for all these different statements and sayings. I'd have to find the verse. Have you ever wondered why slave revolts in America 
never worked. Why there was never a successful slave revolt in the United States. I'm going to tell you why. It was because of those people who didn't want to be woke. It was for those people or because of those people who wanted to stay in the slumber, in the comfort of being taken care of by Massa. You had those types. And it's different, various names that are applied to these types. I think the, and not to keep beating a dead horse, but I haven't really said anything publicly about the Gail King and Lisa Leslie interview. But I think that's what was exposed. Is somebody who's comfortable being taken care of by Massa. Somebody who's rich. So forget about you and your struggles. I'm going to run the agenda. This all ties in. It all goes back to controlling image. And us seeing on television, Gail destroying Kobe Bryant's image or attempting to destroy Kobe Bryant's image post-mortem set the internet ablaze. It's people still talking about it. It's outlived the 48-hour news cycle, which is what NBC or, or CBS, I'm sorry. Let me strike that from the record. CBS was counting on the 48-hour news cycle to kind of bury this story and sweep it under the rug. But it was so controversial and so divisive that it has much deeper, deeper implications. And I'm afraid that Gail might, might lose her career and credibility behind this. Snoop down show ain't. And it doesn't matter who you send out to attack and, 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 try to, and try to circle the wagons. I don't think we going this time. Because we see it. We know what it is. We're woke to the fact. That's one good thing about Donald Trump's presidency. If Hillary Clinton would have been president, we probably would have just stayed asleep. And no telling how many years behind the curve we would be. But Donald Trump being in the White House has everybody on DEFCON 10. Everybody's on high alert. Everybody's looking. Being more observant. Knowing your surroundings. Developing a plan to gain independence. Intellectually and economically. Just check out your social media feed. You see the conversations and the discussions in the posts all day. People you didn't even think were in the politics or making posts about politics. People you didn't think were in the politics are actually drawing the, drawing the conclusion that this whole Gale situation is political. Kobe's death was political. It was politicized immediately. And by politicized, I mean racialized. It became an issue of race. Any, any major event, it could be the Super Bowl. 
black quarterback versus white quarterback. Politics. Are you starting to get the picture now? Is it becoming more clear to you now? The old guard is gone. The old ways of doing things are over. And that starts in our community. My hat's off to Lisa Leslie, man. I appreciate you as a sister for holding down a brother. Especially when he wasn't here to defend himself. That's a beautiful black woman. And no, she's not um, suffering from a misogynistic, patriarchal culture. Like a lot of people would like to think. That's what's going on on the white side. That's what this whole Me Too movement is about. It's about destroying the patriarchy. But Lisa Leslie brings me back to the days when, when a black woman had our back. And I'm not going to lie. I've been in situations in my life to where I didn't feel the same way. I went through a little period of adjustment and figuring out my place in society. And boy, I'm glad I got a black woman. A strong black woman. Now notice how many other groups of women, ethnic groups of women, is that adjective placed before their name or their description. How many women have the handle strong before their name? See, as we become more woke, there are forces that are still trying to keep us asleep. And we can't afford to fall victim to those, those forces. We can't afford to fall victim. Do you realize that the thing that's destroying white supremacy now is all of these other movements and these countercultures? Do you realize that the women's movement was a direct threat to white supremacy? White male supremacy? You realize that the LGBT initiative is a direct threat to white supremacy? All of, the thing, all of these things have degraded the foundation. It's just like water erosion. If it rains so much on stones that are held together by loose sand and mud, it's eventually going to give way. And that's what these movements are doing to white supremacist culture. White men are losing more and more freedom. And as they lose grip, guess who they're trying to tighten the grip on? Because once again, you need us as your life raft. It's time to let the air out of that life raft. Cut the rope and let the dead man fall. And let's keep pushing into the future. We have a long way to go. A big part of the future is going to be our representation in ownership, in the ownership class, in the merchant class, in the realtor class. We have to change our way of thinking. 
We cannot be dependent on this system of convincing white people to treat us the right way. We have to demand to be treated the right way. We have to take it. And voting for anybody but Trump isn't going to be a start to that. It's only going to push us back another four years. Vote for somebody that has your best interest in mind. Make them show you that they have your best interest in mind. Stop getting them there, and then they forget about us. It don't do anything but talk until when the next election comes up. Now all of a sudden, hey, I didn't get y'all last time. I'm going to get y'all this time. No, time out for that. We have a lot of things going on right now. It's a lot of division. It's a lot of side choosing. A lot of lines being drawn in the sand. What side are you going to be on? Looking at social media, I'm almost beginning to think that it's two black races. And this has nothing to do with the immigrants that are, that are black color. I'm talking about homegrown American black people. And we have two black races. We have the black American and we have the coons that are going to tap dance for butter biscuits and coon trinkets. And by coon trinkets, I mean money. Anytime black people with money don't speak out, I think about Laura Ingram in the shut up and dribble comment. I think about Colin Kaepernick in the argument that they post, posed for him is that he was making so much money he should not be causing this much noise and confusion amongst our good Negroes. I thank God for these people. I thank God for the Muhammad Ali's. Thank God for the Colin Kaepernick's. I even thank God for the LeBron James's who who actually will will speak out about injustice and things going on. I don't know about Oprah right now. I don't know about Gail right now. And I'm definitely side-eyeing the entire media apparatus, the mainstream media apparatus, because I feel like they're just as much against us as the white nationalist movement is against us. They just wear a smile and a different face. We cannot be paid to turn a blind eye to what's really going on with our people. Because if one fails, we all fail. If we allow the discrimination to affect one person's life, then it affects all of our lives. The longer it's continued to proliferate. And I know I seem like I'm, I'm rambling or I'm babbling. And you know, you're more than welcome to cut your damn shit off. It's your device. But if you, if you believe in what I'm saying and you want to join me for this good fight, reach out. Let's network. Let's link. Especially if you have kids. We have, we have an obligation to make their future better than ours. 
And the better their future, the better our future is going to be. Let's start paying it forward. So in a nutshell, let's wrap this episode up. What do we need to do? We need to gain the intellectual independence to think for ourselves. We need to control our own image. We need to police our own communities. We need to talk to our own women and women need to talk to their own men. Especially if you have kids together. Especially if you're a family. We need to block out all the noise. It's a lot of noise going on right now. It's a lot of movements that are trying to attach themselves to our movement and dilute it. We can't allow that to happen. I'm not saying I'm against anybody having freedom and independence and freedom of thought, freedom of speech. But you have to pay your own dues for your own cause. You can't attach your cause to our leaders because people bled and died for this. It might be time to shed your own blood. And black women, please stop trying to be white women. Stop trying to embrace their struggle. Because if you go in any household in this United States of America, in the black community, a woman is running shit. A strong woman is running shit. And she's doing a damn good job at it. We're a matriarchy. First and foremost. Even homes where the husband isn't in the house. Or a man's in the house. The woman is still running it. Now I get it. It's predators. It's villains in every sector of human society. We need to root out and take care of our own villains. In our own community. If we don't do that and police ourselves. Then they're going to police all of us. As if we're all villains. And it's only going to make things less safe for us in our own communities. Sisters, we need y'all. We're all downtrodden. But we're on our way back up. Last thing. Stop letting money define you. Having money and having things does not define you as a person. It's the content of your character. Look at Mother Teresa. She took a, a, a vow of poverty. She didn't have anything. And the woman is a saint. It's all about integrity, content of character, telling the truth. Next thing, get out and vote, but start holding candidates responsible for their actions. Start holding their feet to the fire. Start getting these promises in writing. So when it's time to kick your ass out in four years, you'll know exactly why. 
create a black lobby for black issues and stay off social media doing dumb shit. We all wonder why Lil Nas X is the best rapper from last year. Now he represents what a rapper is and Billy Porter was the most famous black man last year. Man, let's get back to our values, man. Because not no it doesn't matter who you have sex with. Nobody's discriminating because you choose to have sex with people of the same sex. But the identity crisis that's the problem. Know who you are in this world. And that could be a whole nother episode because, you know, these women are getting plastic surgeries to look like demons. People aren't even looking human anymore. What are you chasing after? What is it that you're trying to achieve? What do you want? We have to define ourselves this year. And no, it's not gonna be inclusive. This club is exclusive. The mic drop. Mike, 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 Mike,